Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicks with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And we are going to talk about a myriad of things from real sports to scripted sports entertainment to scripted television programming. That's right. That's right. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's post football season. This is what kind of what we do. It's a smorgasbord. So we're going to start with talking about just the topsy turvy nature of ASU basketball. Um, you know, they, they played the Washington schools this week after getting blown out by Arizona last week in, in the worst blowout in the rivalry, which is saying something oh, considering some uh, of the yeah, teams yeah, Arizona has had. There's been a lot, uh, but yeah, that was, uh, that was an embarrassment, honestly. I mean, I, I figured we'd lose, but I, uh, losing by what, 45 points, was mm-hmm. it? 45. Yeah. And yeah, then that's not great. And it was like, Kind of close near the end of the first half. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like, I think we were down by maybe nine or something. Like, you know, like, okay, we're probably on our way to a loss. But, but yeah, it just completely got away from us in the second half, obviously. Yeah. So, you know, a, a, a very disheartening game. And then we come back this week. We take on Washington and Washington State at home. Washington State upends Arizona. We're playing the Huskies, and it's nothing. Nothing is working. We're you know we're down twenty five. Yeah, disastrous first half. Looks like we're on our way to another blowout. Yeah, uh, he he puts in the the end of the bench unit about two minutes into the second half because of a disappointment in the effort, uh, and they go on a little run. Yeah. And yeah. then the starters come, come back, back and, and, and then... force OT in the second half. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, good, good effort, mm-hmm. which is better than nothing. Uh, it's not good enough, no. but it's, but it's a good effort to see that. Cause real, I mean, I texted you at halftime and you know, like, Oh my God, we're getting routed at home by a, by a bad Washington team. Uh, you know, it just felt like, you know, quitting on the season at that point after what happened against Arizona mm-hmm. and yeah, fought back. Force OT, lose an OT, unfortunately, and then and then yeah, last night you know beat Washington State, <laughs> who was twenty first in the country and and came into the game leading the conference on an eight game winning streak. Yeah, that, I mean yeah, and just you know defensively just clamped down. Really did, on yeah. The I mean, controlled the game. Yeah, I mean had a had a lead at half, and and you know it was it was a game that we were we were ahead most of the game. Yeah, um, we kept them yeah. at arm's length for for the entire second half. It felt like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it just it it makes you, it almost makes you frustrated. Like I'm glad we won. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, but it almost makes you frustrated when you see that result and you think, well, why can't we do that more? I'm not saying you're going to go thirty and zero. I, I realize that college basketball in general is. I'm going to use the term you use, topsy turvy. Because it is like you know, UConn looks unbeatable, and then they get blown out by Creighton, who's a good team, but still like it was a blowout. Uh, Purdue, you know, barely beats Minnesota at home. Uh, you know, like it's that's the way it is. These are gr- the best teams, and they're they have games where they look bad, but like for us, man, it's it's just it's always like either one step forward, one step back, or one step back, one step forward. But that just that leaves you in the same place, and and that's where I get frustrated. I guess it's just like. I'm glad we won, but at the same time, it's like, man, why why can't we see that type of effort and that type of result more often? Yeah, and and it's just, you know, part of this feels like 
an indictment of, you know, the modern college basketball where like, you know, sometimes it clicks and sometimes it doesn't, but you don't get three years where all of a sudden it always clicks because you all play with each other all the time. Yeah. And I think it is, I I think it is, um, that, but it, it just, and I guess I also had the thought of like, how many times, how long have we been in this position where it's like, you know, the team comes down, upsets, beats Arizona at home, and then we're their letdown game. Mm-hmm. And and it's like, I mean, I get a little bit almost like I, when we were up at the half, I even thought like, this is, this is just like, you know, what was it? 2007 Herb's first year mm-hmm. when, USC. when USC beat Arizona. And, and then we beat them. Uh, you know, it's like, God dang, it's 17 years later. Shouldn't we be more than this by now? Couldn't we be? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like we could be, uh, but we're not. We're, we're still the letdown game. And, and that, that frustrates me too, I guess. That Just again, it's like we're stuck in neutral. Yeah. Or we're, we're the hamster on the wheel. We, you know, we feel like we're making progress and then we're, nope, we're right back at the bottom. Uh, you know, I, that, that kind of seems like ASU basketball in a, in a one sentence analogy. Well, I've got a a good news, bad news thought popping into my head, which is do we, the big 12 doesn't necessarily do potted weekends. Right. Right. You know, so we're about to lose that kind of nice built in benefit. I think so. It'll be interesting to see how they schedule that because yeah, they, I mean, right now they don't, they don't have the pairs to, to be able to do that. Um, Maybe they will in some, I mean, like, I don't know if they'll still send, you know, Kansas to Arizona and Arizona state in a, in a weekend. I mean, I, I'm betting probably not as much. There might be a few examples, but I, yeah, I don't think that'll be the regular conference weekend because probably too. I mean, the big 12 plays a lot of games on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, we played some more of those over the last few years for TV, but yeah, I mean the, the days of the Thursday Saturday or Thursday Sunday like that that may be less and less. Uh, you know, you might be playing Saturday Monday, and mm-hmm. and not necessarily the same team that played Arizona. Yeah, no, I'm I'm thinking the same. You know, you're gonna That's get true. the like the point. marquee Fox ESPN CBS game might be Arizona Kansas, but that yeah. doesn't mean we're playing Kansas State. We may be traveling to UCF that weekend. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we're playing. Cincinnati or, or, you know, West Virginia or who knows. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, you're right. I don't know if they're going to necessarily look at that ASU and Arizona as a pair for scheduling. I mean, they did for the football schedule, obviously, as far as keeping the rivalry intact, but yeah, for, for basketball scheduling, who knows? Yeah, you're right. We, we could be on the East coast and Arizona could be home for a couple of games and vice versa. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll certainly be interesting that that is one of the, Many new wrinkles of the conference yeah, shift. Yeah, going to have to learn a whole new thing. But boy, we are, I mean, I know rosters change and, and so who knows. But boy, that uh, conference is tough, man. That Big 12 is really good. Oh, yeah. And that's that's another reason why it's just it's hard to get excited about ASU basketball in any way. I mean, we talked about this last time. Like, we haven't taken advantage of a down Pac-12 for the last 8 to 10 years very much. And now we're going into a conference with Kansas and Houston and Baylor and and TCU and Cincinnati, who isn't very good this year, but is normally pretty good. West Virginia, same thing, you know, rough year yeah. this year, but normally pretty good. Kansas, Kansas State. State. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, BYU is a top 25 team this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I guess it's a good – Iowa State is a top 10 team this year. 
uh, you know, they got a second year coach who's, who's turned things around completely there. So yeah, it is, it is a really tough conference and man, I mean, depending on the schedule, you're not going to play all those teams twice, obviously, but boy, uh, you know, it, it could be rough uh, if, if things don't improve, which I mean, is there any real, real hope of that? I mean, you can hope, but like, what what do we see that makes us think by next year we're going to be able to hang in, in a conference that has, you know, eight to ten really good teams? Yeah, I mean, I guess if I'm being optimistic, if I want to spin it positive, we will have a baked in solid strength of schedule, right? For sure. Like, For sure. so yeah. that, like, yeah, yeah. there's yeah. no more running. There's also no more, like, playing the non conference game and being like, boy, I really hope Creighton and Xavier are good this True. year. Because true, true. No, we, you're right. You know. You're right. I mean, it's it's a it's a conference that if you can find your way to 17, 18 wins, you'll probably be on the bubble mm-hmm. because that's going to be really tough to get that many wins. Uh, you know, but yeah, it's I guess the the latter part of that is what concerns me more is that it's going to be really tough to get that many wins mm-hmm. in in a conference like that. And, uh, and we haven't said his name yet, but I texted you about it. Um, I mean, do we do we think Bobby Hurley's the coach here next year? I know we played this game years and years. It feels like, but I don't. I don't know. I f- I feel like it's time for him to move on. I not think, because I don't like him. I just think it's time. I I think it is going to be his call because I do too. We don't way, have an yeah. a, we don't have an athletic director. We don't, and I and, and we're probably not going to when the season ends. Well, and I just I. You know, I see Arizona move quickly, get an yeah. SEC athletic director from Mizzou. I, I'm sure there are reasons, and I'm sure money is a sure. factor and lifestyle and all these things. Sure. You know, Tucson versus Columbia. But Sure. She went to U of A, too, apparently, yeah. right? Yeah. But you, you know, you see your rival fire their athletic director and make a hire within the window of you not. Yeah. Do you know, they like, did it, what a month and a half? Yeah, and, I mean, less than that, probably less than a month. And, and because it was it was mid January when Fish left. Yeah, it was post New Year's. It was after that, that that they fired. Yeah, so yeah, probably about a month. They they fired and and hired a replacement. Meanwhile, what Ray Ray resigned, quote unquote, mm-hmm. in November. Yeah, wasn't it early November? Mm-hmm. And now we're into almost March. And with the with the reporting, for whatever that's worth, because I don't know how much I trust it, that it could be the April even to June area before we hire a new AD. I yeah. mean, what what is taking so long? Well, and that to me counsels in the if Hurley leaves, we we drift into disaster because right. you're, you're going to have your interim AD hire a head basketball coach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, apparently. Or, or are you going to, you know, go the, we're going to name an interim, you know, U of A style, Kevin O'Neill, yeah, uh, yeah, Russ that, I mean, look, there's no limit to how embarrassing it seems like ASU can be right now. But if you do that in this window, I mean, U of A did that because Lute, you know, retired or had, didn't he take a leave of absence? He took a leave, first? which became yeah. a retirement. Yeah, yeah. And, and they weren't right after the season. No, like that, you know, Luke it was then decided heading, to come back, and was, then he stepped away again, and yeah. then you know, it was like well, you were out of the coaching window. Yeah, it was like, well, the best you could do is take an assistant when they did, you know, O'Neill, and then Russ Pennell. Mm-hmm. That is all you could really do, like West Virginia this year. 
Huggins, yeah. you know, gets fired, quits, whatever happened there, and they named an interim because, like, well, we're we're past the window. We just gotta we just gotta put a band aid on it. Mm-hmm. If you do that in March or April, I mean, you might as well just like shut it down, just take a year off or something, yeah. because like that's coaching season. You should be able to get someone uh, now. I mean, I, I know Hurley and Anderson didn't have the best relationship the last few years, and for mm-hmm. good reason. Yes, from Hurley's perspective. But still, like the boss that hired you is gone. You don't know who your new boss is going to be. To me, God, I mean, if he's going to make a move, it's never made more sense than now, and it's made a lot of sense in the last few years. Well, but it and, seems to make even more sense this year. Well, and the a couple other pieces on that. You have now seen that investing in your program is not important. Right. Like right. we've gone through enough things. Football got the stadium renovation. Right. Hockey got an arena. You know, baseball's moving off campus. Like you've seen now enough to be like, hey, they're not. It. it you know, the Weather Up Center is nice, but we, that's over. You know. That, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that was that was 15 years ago that they built that has probably been passed by a number of places anyway, as far as yeah. practice facilities. So yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, yeah, you're, you're not a priority. And, right? and they, they couldn't make it any clearer unless they just came right out and said it. And so I think the, the other piece of this, which look has not gotten into basketball yet, but the number of, head coaches of programs, good programs, middling programs in football who have yeah. taken coordinator assistant positions. Like yeah. if could he make as much money as UConn's top assistant next year? Pro- probably. Yeah, he probably could. You know? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's a good point. Um, yeah. I, I didn't think about that, but you're right. Yeah. If he wanted to just, you know, take a year to evaluate, you know, be an assistant, something like that. Yeah, you could. Um, I don't know. I just, again, I like the guy. I don't think he's a great coach. Um, I think if he was a great coach, we would have had more success here. He's got flaws as a coach, but I think if he had more support here from the university, from the fan base, which that comes from the university, it all starts there. It all starts with the school itself, like you just illustrated in what you were saying making it very clear that basketball is not a, not a top priority. And, and so when you have that, it's hard to get fans into it. And, and, you know, if he had more institutional support, could we be a consistent tournament type team, a team that, you know, every two to three years has a sweet 16 level roster. I think he could. Yeah. I think, I think he could do that. I'm not saying he's, Tom Izzo or, coach, or you know Mike Krzyzewski, but I, I think he could be a pretty successful coach well, with better support. And he's shown that he is a better than decent recruiter. Exactly. You know, he yeah. can get talented yeah. kids in the door, but then they're yes. here and they look around and... There's not much to see. Yeah. Yeah, at least in the basketball program. You know, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's tough, man. It is. Like, I, you know, we talked about it a lot last week when we talked, and, and you know, I will never be, I will never say like you know asu basketball is cursed and they can never be better than this i I don't think there's some sort of black magic curse that's on asu basketball i think it's it's a self-inflicted uh ignoring of the basketball program that has made it where i mean hurley's tenure and herb sendak's tenure feel almost like mirror images don't they like 
lot of promise to start uh, and and different ways of getting to those mirror images yeah the, the sport has changed the recruiting has changed all that but here we are i think herb was here nine years wasn't he yeah and hurley's been here nine years and it just feels like we're in exactly the same spot at the end of herb sendex time that like well you know some good some bad nothing's really changed overall oh i mean we're a hundred percent in that spot I, it, this is I, I this is the analogy that popped into my head. I don't think it is a, a particularly clever one, but it's a the the teeth of this program did not get knocked out in one fell swoop yeah. like football. This is just a yeah. We haven't right. gone to the dentist in two decades, and we're kind of a toothless <laughs> program now. And they're falling out little yeah. by little. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I mean it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, that's a good analogy. I can't, I can't dispute it. Because um, yeah, that really is how it feels. We just, we just uh, never make any real progress. I mean, you know, after three, four years of Herb Sendek, we thought, and he's building something here, mm-hmm. and it didn't happen. And after three, four years of Bobby Hurley, we thought he's building something here, and then it didn't happen. And again, the sport has changed dramatically from the. Mm-hmm. I mean, Herb's problem was, you know guys leaving but that was before the transfer portal that was before you could replace you know now now you can your roster basically refreshes every year Mm -hmm. and hurley's done a manageable job of that i don't want to say great but decent but it just it's not good enough um Mm -hmm. and we're not the only ones affected by i mean there's a lot of teams that have almost new rosters every year including some of those big 12 teams we just talked about as top 10 top 20 teams that this year so that can't be an excuse. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, you know, it just can't be, well, we, we changed over the roster so much. Like, well, almost every team does that now for one reason or another. So you, you got to find a way to compete. and We're just not good enough at it. Yeah. Well, and some of the flaw of this has got to be like his system. Yeah. But, but a much larger flaw is, you know, you bring in these guys and your consistency right now is Frankie Collins and Alonzo yeah. Gaffney. Like that's, yeah. You yeah. know, if you had brought back one, Washington one guy it, in the rotation who started his college career here. Yeah. None. I mean, like, that's, that's crazy. Tough. You know, and it's just, it, you get to these things where it's like, you know, Oh, Austin Nunez. He's kind of a, he's, he might be something. Yeah. Oh, nope. He's gone. He's gone. Uh, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, it, there does need to be a little bit better retention. I mean, it's, it's impossible to have, you know, what we had when we were in college. Yeah. That just doesn't, that's not going to exist in, in the current rules of, you know, Oh, you get a guy like Jaron ship and he stays for four years. That stuff doesn't happen very much at all now. Um, but you gotta be a little bit better at retaining and getting guys because yeah, I mean, it, it is tough to completely restart every year. I mean, even a program like Kentucky has has found some some leaner years of late. Calipari mm-hmm. still recruits well. They you know uh, they had they had twenty five percent of the all stars in last last week's all star game. Guys who played in Kentucky, but it's tough to do that every single year and and you know start at square one. And that it feels like is what we're doing. We had a pretty good year last year. We make the tournament. We get to the first round. We should have won that game. And then it's like the entire roster almost fleas and we're re- you know it's just it's difficult to do success wise and it's also difficult fan support 
mm-hmm. perspective. Being, you know, a guy like Jeff Pendergraf, and I know we talk about him a lot, probably more than we should. We might be his biggest fans outside of his family. But, like, those guys, they were easy to support back when we were in college because we, we kind of grew with them. We saw them grow. We watched them go from freshmen who really weren't much of an impact to, you know, and when it's like a whole new roster every year, it's it's hard to feel a lot of loyalty, right? Well, and it's like, not like it's hard. It, and to your point, though, like we talk about Pendergraph all the time, but Derek Glasser went from being a guy we brought in because he was friends with James Harden to the all-time assist leader at the school. Right. Like, you know, right. and, and the guy who, guy like, like you, yeah, yeah, they resonate with you because you see them go from, yeah, his first year, Derek Glasser probably didn't have much business being a starting point guard. He was a starting point guard for a really bad team. Um, but, yeah, by the end, even after Harden left, Glasser's oh. last year, was like, this guy's pretty good. We're, well, we're, we're a 20-plus win team in, in part because of him. Well, and he was, you know, he went from being a guy where you're like, Boy, I really hope he can get the ball to Christian Polk to <laughs> to a guy who's like just hang on to it. Let him foul you. You're yes, you are yes, so yes. locked You're the in. Guy I want with the ball in his hands when we're up by 5 with 32 seconds to go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, definitely. And and again, I I'm not I'm not unrealistic that that is going to be the norm anymore. It's not. You got you know, guys are going to leave and you're going to bring in guys and every, I mean, top top programs like Kansas and Arizona and, you know, UConn and, you know, UConn's got a vastly different roster than what they had last year when they won the title. A lot of new, you know, some new faces, but they also have guys who've been there and you got to find a balance. We just don't have much balance at it. I mean, it's, it is hard when you go, I mean, again, I told you I only went to one game this year and all five starters and all five guys off the bench. I'm like, well, none of these guys started their career here. Mm-hmm. And most of them are in their first year here. It's like, it's, it's just, it's tough to feel a tremendous loyalty. You end up, you said it, you know, when we talked 10 days ago or whatever, you, you end up just rooting for the laundry, mm-hmm. you, you know, you root for the Jersey, which I guess is what we always do. But, but there's a difference when it's a guy who you've watched for three, four years. And it's like, I, I care about that guy. Mm-hmm. That guy means something to me. Whereas it's just like, well, yeah. Okay. Uh, Sean Phillips, a decent player, but do I have any like emotional investment in him? Not a bit. Well, and it it's it's dulling the fandom both ways. The yes. passionate for passionate caring for your team and the passionate hatred of the other yeah. team. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I I said that to you. I think last time we talked yeah. about Arizona. Like, there's nobody on Arizona that I I have a tremendous dislike for, like I used to. There's no Salim Stoudemire or Channing Fry, guys that I've watched for four years and I've grown to hate and I want to see them lose and, and look sad. And I like oh, I don't have that. So, yeah, you're right. It, it is both directions. So to, to get back to where your text started us. Yes. I think as a program, I want Bobby Hurley back next year because I don't like the repercussions of not having him. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I would not fire him. No, but I, but I also, if I am Bobby Hurley probably do reach out to my brother and to John yeah. Shire and, yeah. you know, maybe even to Patino and say yeah. like, 
who what is your top assistant opening looking like yeah yeah you know yeah i do that over going to depaul yeah and i know you've texted me and i've read it a couple other places since that depaul has interest in him i uh, man, i think depaul might be in in worse shape than asu basketball it's mm-hmm. been a long time since they've been relevant. They're like three and twenty-four this year or something. I mean, it's bad. I, I if I was him, I would not leave for that job. Well, it, that but, is not that is not Shaka Smart leaving Texas for Marquette. No, That's, no, it's not. Not yeah. a bit. Not a bit. I mean, I don't. I don't have enough of a read on other places that might be open. But if there's a if there's a higher tier Big East, like I don't know if he'd be a candidate for this. But I know there's some unrest at Villanova. The, the, you know, the guy who took over for Jay Wright, whose name escapes me right now, a bit, has not done great. They're, they missed the tournament last year, I believe. They're on the bubble this year. Like, if that job was open and they had interest, man, he should he should run to their, you know, to sign the contract before they could even take it, you know, where they can finish the sentence. Mm-hmm. Because that's a place you could win and win big. And they care about basketball, and uh, you know, he, yeah. Now again, I'm not sure they'd have interest in him. They might shoot higher, but but uh, you know, an upper tier Big East, an upper tier ACC. Uh, mm-hmm. Man, he he should take the opportunity if it's there. Uh, if if he if he asks for my counsel, which he will not, but if he did, I'd say, man, you got to go. You got to get out of here. This mm-hmm. this place is never going to be any better than it is right now, and right now is not good enough. Well, and I, the one thing about Hurley and Herb Sendek, which, you know, probably goes for most of the basketball coaches that we've seen, but certainly not all of the football coaches, is he has maxed out. Like, it's not, it's not from lack of his effort and lack of his attempts. Like, I agree. He he yells and screams, Uh, he coddles and hugs, he, you know. (laughs) <laughs> he, it do, it doesn't matter. Like he can't get people energized anymore. I agree. I agree. Yeah, you just you just bang your head against the wall so many times that you gotta think like, what? It's not. And I I shouldn't have said it's never gonna be any better than what it is because I I believe it can be. But in Bobby Hurley's tenure, however much longer that lasts, I don't think it's gonna be. No, I mean the way it I, gets better, and you and I have talked about this, is one of two things: Michael Crow leaving. Or yes. Michael Crow really, truly letting the athletic department operate independently. Yes, yes, you know? yes, yeah, yeah. No, I, and that's. I think you're right. I mean, like I, I've thought about that, and we've we've I've been very critical of Crow. You have too, in what we've talked about over the last year, and and like I don't think that Michael Crow's number one priority should be athletics. You know, the university I, president has I other agree. things on his plate. I get it. But it, he's got to. He he should realize he or she, whoever's in that job, should realize that athletics are a big, big priority for a school like this. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of colleges around the country where athletics are a non-priority or they don't even exist. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be at one of those, congratulations, go do it. But for us, for a school in one of the power conferences, the one of the maybe you know sixty, seventy or so schools like ASU. Athletics has got to be a significant priority, and it's just not to him. You can you can see it, and the the dragging your feet on hiring AD is yet another example of that. Yeah, and it's you know, it is crazy to me that we don't have an athletic director. It really is, like, and and that there's no end in sight to not having one. Well, and that's I mean, it's like it it feels 
sort of like most of the way we handle athletics, which is it's not a priority. Yes. It, yes. And we're going to we'll get a, it out. We'll get, we'll get around there. to it when we get around to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, uh, I don't know. And, and, and I'm cringing at whoever it's going to be. And because if it's, you know, like I, I read, we talked to UConn and I, I don't know if we've discussed this. I read that the UConn AD is a, a candidate for it. I would like that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I said, right when this happened, when Ray left, that what, what I want out of this is a current sitting athletic director at a somewhat major school. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be power, you know, Mountain mm-hmm. West or American or something. Mm-hmm. That's fine with me. I'm fine with somebody on the way up mm-hmm. uh, who knows how to do the job in this era mm-hmm. of college sports, which is changing by the day. But who's doing the job right now and can come here and say, all right, here's what I've been doing that's successful. Here's what I got to get better at. Not somebody from outside and certainly not somebody who works at ASU right now. Yeah. I'm I'm cringing at the possibility of of just a promotion from within for whoever because we need an outside voice oh yeah absolutely well and it you know there's the difference between like look i is the greg byrne pipe dream still there for me sure do i really think it's gonna happen no but (laughs) i hear you but not out of the realm of possibility until we hire someone so it's still alive exactly but to your point like don't go with path of least resistance and promoting no. somebody from within. Like, no, what, no. It, at I that mean, point, uh, I would almost rather you just pick a fan to do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's just make our decisions by, by fan vote online. Yeah. Like what WWE used to do with like the cyber yeah. or you know, let's book it that way because yeah, it couldn't be any worse. Yeah. I mean, like I've, I've read the, the suggestion of Graham Rossini. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know who he is. He, he used to, worked for the baseball program and then he worked for the D-backs. Now he's back as an administrator, you know, and decent enough guy, I guess. I don't know much about him. He had already left ASU baseball by the time I started working there closely. But like, I don't want somebody who's with ASU right now. I'm mm-hmm. fine with him in the role he has. I don't have anything against him, but ASU needs help. We're in a bad place athletically. I, I don't think there's, any way to dispute that and and so hiring someone who is part of the bad place right now to do the top job seems like a disaster to me just an absolute terrible idea well and and it is one of those things where like in the abstract i want them to clean house in reality i'm aware that these are real people with real sure, jobs sure, sure. And, and all those things i'm not necessarily wanting you know a bunch of, i mean there's a few people i wouldn't mind seeing not there but yeah, I agree with you. I don't. I, I know. First of all, that's easier said than done. Secondly, yeah. you're right. You know, I don't. I don't begrudge people their you know employment. But at the top, there needs to be a new voice. Yeah, there needs to be somebody who comes in and says like, "Man, what you've been doing ain't working." Yeah. Because you know what? There's if you want to even extend it to women's basketball and softball, I'd say the five you know marquee top programs or the or the top NCAA sports. I would yeah. say is men's, women's, basketball, baseball, softball, football. All five of those are in worse shape than they were five years ago. They're all in worse Three. shape when Ray got hired. Yes, yes. Ten years. So Ray was Ray was about ten years ago, I think. Yeah. And, and I mean, women's basketball is clearly in horrible. You know, like, they're, they're bottom of the barrel. 
uh, football has come off the two worst seasons back to back, you know, since since going to, a, you know, a 12 or, a, a, you know, 10 plus game schedule being in a major conference, going back to the border conference days. Uh, basketball is treading water. Uh, they're not they're not better off than they were 10 years ago. Maybe not that much worse off, but certainly not better. Baseball's worse off. Yeah. I mean, maybe if again, if you want to have hope for the future with Dillingham and Bloomquist, I hope things will do well, but but they haven't proved it yet. Yeah, like the the results we've seen are not there yet. Softball's worse off. I mean, it, you know, so like again, like you can't look at this athletic department and say what we're doing is working well. Let's do more of that. You, you just can't unless you're an idiot. I I mean, I don't mean to be mean, but I, to me, there's no way you can look at this and say we need more of the approach we've been having. No, we need a new approach. Yeah. I don't know what that new approach is going to be, but it's it's got to be some change. Well, and, I, you know, it just has to. It's one of those things where I don't know if you saw this. It got some play on ASU social media, but, you know, Jackie Vasquez and her husband made a big donation to the softball team. Basically. No, I did not. They, they yeah, basically yeah. bought them a new locker room. Oh, oh, you know what? I didn't see she was involved, but I did see the new locker room. Yeah. So okay. she she and her husband funded it. OK, like they okay. paid for the new locker room. That. Which is incredible. Like she's a, you know, she's an alum, even though she grew up in Tucson and also has strong U of A ties. She's an ASU Mm -hmm. alum. She is proud of the softball team. She won a title here. Yeah. That's all great. And I'm glad that she did it. But golly, do we need to find that person for basketball? (laughs) Yes, we do. Yeah. 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 No, I, I agree. Uh, You know, like that, that's, yeah, no, it's good news, but yeah, you need you need more of it. You need more more support, and and yeah, I don't know. It's not an easy answer. I mean, you know, if there was an easy answer, we probably would have done it already. Mm-hmm. But um, that's why, like, I don't have a dog in the fight of who I want to be the AD. I don't know it. I don't know enough about them. The Great Bird idea would be great, but I, again, like you said, it's probably pipe dream. So realistic names, I got none. But if it's somebody from within ASU or if it's another, you know, non-NCAA person, it's just like, man, you just keep doubling down on the same mistakes. Well, and, you know, and isn't it interesting that Crow was instrumental in Scott, Klyavkov and Anderson? Yeah. 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 And Steve Patterson. And Steve. Anderson, who was not great. Uh, Yeah, you're right. I mean, all, all people brought in from outside the college sports world and i don't think it's i mean steve patterson wasn't here long enough to call it a huge embarrassing failure but the other three i think you could pretty easily say that that their their 10 years in their roles were huge embarrassing failures yeah each of them made the place worse than how they found it yes 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 so yeah that's that's a good point (laughs) yeah i mean and that's why you know when you listen to him at that, you know, sham of media session from August about, you know, all these wonderful ideas Apple has, and this, this was going to be the future. It's like, man, I don't really trust your vision of the future because you've showed me what your vision of the future is and, and the results have not been there. So maybe Apple would have been great. I don't know. Time will tell, I guess, maybe if if they do that with some, you know, and we'll look back and think, boy, the pack 12 should have, should have locked in with them and, but uh, uh, if Michael Crow is telling me it's a good idea, it's probably not a good idea. It's kind of my my standard of belief right now. Yeah, 
I mean, I'm very much in that same boat because like, yes, streamers are getting live programming. I get, yeah. I get that. I understand that. I am no fool. You know, yeah. I, you have to watch baseball on Peacock and you've right. got to watch football on Prime. Yep. And now yep. next year you're going to have to watch wrestling on Netflix. And you know what? Yeah. I get it. I'm not mad about it. But to say, like, we need to be the leaders on going to Apple, you know, on a revenue stream that's based on growth tied to your product. Right. right. You know, we're not the Pac-12 was not Major League Baseball or the NFL. Definitely not. Definitely. It's not even the SEC or the Big Ten. I mean, if if one of those conferences did that, which notably they are not. Mm -hmm. And I and I think that that says something that neither one of them are doing that. But if the SEC had decided, you know, we're going to we're going to put all our eggs with Apple, we're going to put all of our stuff on there. They probably would have drawn well enough. Some people would have never, you know, the, the, the older crowd, like my parents, I can tell you, would have been like, well, I guess I'm not watching SEC football anymore. But a lot of people would have gone to it because, you know, they want to watch that. But Pac-12, I mean, we we just did this with Pac-12 Network. Mm-hmm. It wasn't streaming, but it was, you know. Well, it's not going to be on this, 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 but you'll want us so bad that you'll switch. You'll force your provider to make the decision. Didn't happen. And mm-hmm. and Pac-12 Network just got forgotten, just became yeah. irrelevant over time. No, I mean, and, and so, like, to think we were going to drive Apple, like, come on, wasn't going to happen. No, I mean, absolutely. I, when I moved here, yeah, I picked my providers to make sure I could get Pac-12 Network. But after four years, it got dropped from right. what I had. Right. And I was like, you know, I, it's not worth the hassle to go get it back. I'll yeah. just, I'll yeah. just I live mean, without. It was the case for me. We've talked about it. Like I got direct TV so I could get Sunday ticket. Now Sunday ticket isn't even a direct TV thing anymore. But as time went on, I was like, well, you just, you know, we, we talked about this last week. You learn to live without it. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it's like, well, I, I miss watching every ASU basketball game, but it's not available. And what I have gives me a lot of other sports. So I guess I'm not going to watch those games. And and I'm certainly not going to go out of my way to, you know, watch Cal and Oregon State. No offense to them, but that just doesn't do it for me. And it doesn't do it for me in football either. Whereas if, uh, you know, Ole Miss and Tennessee wasn't available to me, I'd probably be like, man, I, I kind of want to pay for whatever this is so I can watch it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people would. That would not have been the case with the Pac-12, just, just, and it's certainly not a Pac-12 that didn't have USC and UCLA, because that was already gone. You know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, no, it was. Uh, so, yeah, the Apple thing, like, they are great at advancing technology and all this stuff. And you may look back in the future and think, like, boy, they should, you know. But I don't think it would have worked with the Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, it, the problem it might is with a different conference, but not this one. I, and part of the problem is, as you started with this. If your track record told me that I should trust you, yeah, yeah, I'd trust you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But your yeah. track record tells me I can't trust you, so yes. I don't. Because your your outside the box ideas have not worked, and and so this is another one. And it's like, well, I mean, it wasn't his idea, but he was fully supportive of it. And like, no, man. And I just think, I think you also have to like always consider that like a lot of sports viewers are are older people and and they're they're trained in their ways i see it with what's going on in golf 
and all the fracture and all that stuff. And the ratings for the PGA Tour, they're not good, but they're pretty stable. Because because people who watch golf on Saturdays and Sundays, they don't really care that much who's playing. It's just something they put on. It's what they do. It's Sunday afternoon. They flip to CBS or NBC. They watch. They have golf on in the background. They take a nap while it's on. You know, they don't they don't go watch the CW because that's not part of their their wiring. Mm -hmm. So even if Liv has some good players and the PGA Tour event is boring, it's still going to outdraw it because people just they're hardwired to watch that. Yeah. People don't even know how to get the CW. No, no. But, and, and it's the same, I think, you know, college football, like, what do you, you know, if you want to watch college football on Saturday, you're going to turn to ESPN, you're going to turn to Fox, CBS, NBC, you know, those are what, you know, you're, you're not necessarily, unless you really care about that particular team, going to be like, well, I, I got to go to, you know, Apple TV and see what's on there. I mean, you know, if, if your team's on there, you might, but you know, I just don't think the Pac-12 has enough draw to have made that work. I, and I mean, I, I think that is that is proven in what ended up happening. Well, let's let's talk about what does have enough draw to make that work, which is premium live events on Peacock. You're right. You're right. It's a, you know we're talking about the Pac-12 being down. WWE is super hot right now when it comes to interest, mm. so we're there. So we're we're in Perth, Australia, for the Elimination Chamber. Um, nice little. 3 a.m. start here in Arizona, 4 a.m. where you are. Yeah, I did not watch it live. I watched it seven hours later. Um, I watched I watched the first hour live because I woke up at like 2.45 and thought, now oh, what the hell, I'll watch. So I watched the women's chamber match live, and then I turned it off and watched more on a replay later. But, you know, another very solid event. Um, some of the things that they are setting up, I'm excited about, yeah. you know, the, I'll, I'll tell you, so let me share my first, the, the thing that has hung with me the most, the WWE 2K ratings. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, live is not that good. Jake, yeah. the, you know, Jake Paul is as good as Randy Orton. Like yeah. what, why, how, I, I, no, that's not the story. They're <laughs> <laughs> not the story. I agree totally. Uh, but it's but to me, it's another example of of like the sports influence starting to come into WWE broadcast. Because I mean, you know, like we don't see it necessarily, but what do we see in the NFL? We see the PFF grades, and what's always a big story every July: the Madden ratings. And I always think, like, who cares? Like, who cares who's a you know, who cares? This guy's an 87. Oh, he should be an 89. Who cares? But people do, I guess, is the answer. I don't. But, you know, people do. And, and I there's been a lot of stuff that's changed. I mean, I, I, you probably heard it. You know, Kevin Dunn left mm -hmm. one of Vince's guys. And they hired they hired the guy who used to run College Game Day, Lee Fitting, to be the you know director of broadcast. And I think that's another example, among many, of the ways they're, they're presenting the show that's different than what we would have seen you know, two months ago and, and for the past decade or so. Yeah. Well, you're getting entrances from people yes. arriving at the arena. Yes. You, know? you notice that? Uh, yeah. 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 They're doing a lot of that. Like, like we see with basketball, you know, here's, here's Russell Westbrook walking in at five fifty-two PM. And it's like, Oh, well, here's Randy Orton walking in at two twenty-two PM Australian times. Like, yeah, that's, that's definitely sports influence. No doubt. Um, I thought that the matches were good. 
the the Kabuki Warriors are a great gimmick, and they, they are. the and, and you know, Kyrie Sane is terrific. Yeah. You know, having yeah. her back. Yeah. No, it's, it's it's that was good. Yeah, I mean, I thought I think it was pretty obvious. I, Honestly, all the matches were fairly predictable. Yeah, and that one was definitely predictable because they had no story going in. They weren't going to lose, mm-hmm. um, especially when they're the they're the foes now of Bailey, and we're you know they're clearly Bailey's turning into like the the baby face against her evil former friends. Yeah, um, I'm wondering if the yeah, hug if the hug me and inflatables Bailey will come back. I don't know. I don't know. I wonder. Yeah, they could do that. I mean, they kind of. It was different, but they sort of did that with Sami Zayn last year at this time. They brought his old song back. Uh, we, you know, wrestling fans love nostalgia, mm-hmm. so I, I could certainly see some of that coming back. I, I still think we're going to find pretty soon that Dakota Kai is also against her, and she's she's using her, and you know, gonna gonna turn on her soon too because it makes for the better story if she's like against all of her former stablemates, and then she conquers at WrestleMania, which I think she will. Mm-hmm. I think that's. I think that's one of the more one of the results I'm the most confident in in WrestleMania is her winning the title. Yeah. Um, I I know that the outcomes were predictable. The way the men's elimination chamber got to yeah Drew was very compelling. It was. It was. Yeah. Some. some I mean, I, things I didn't expect. I I I didn't expect Styles to show up to go after LA Knight. No, um, I thought we were going to get the start of an L.A. Night Logan Paul feud. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I was thinking, like, OK, these two will clash and that'll set up a WrestleMania feud for them. But it appears they're they're going in opposite directions, I guess. And they're bringing they're making it clear that it's going to be Orton for the guess, U.S. Yeah, title. That surprised me um, because, like, I mean, Orton in a U.S. title feud feels a little odd. And yet mm-hmm. they didn't really have a main event level spot for him. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, you know, it didn't make sense for him to win and face Rollins because they're both faces and there's no, there's no heat between them right now. You could do it if you wanted to, you could drum something up in six weeks, but right now you, well, the would just be that, story is so perfect. It would it's, just it's, be the counting stats for it would, Randy it would, at this exactly. point. Yeah. But, but the McIntyre, like he's fully turned heel now. Mm-hmm. He's doing a great job as a heel. Uh, the you know the sarcastic social media post that he's doing and ripping mm-hmm. Punk and uh, uh, you know ripping Rollins for you know the fact that he's worn down and he can't carry the weight of being the champion and like it's working so mm-hmm. give me that match I'm all for it but yeah how I agree how they got there I did not see Jake Paul costing Randy Orton or not yeah. Jake Logan um, whatever who cares right, the Paul brother they're, 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 the they're interchangeable yeah. um, I was surprised by that yeah yeah so I guess that gives you a feud that that we didn't expect now maybe it leads to like a multi-man u.s title i you know like well you throw kevin owens in there too and you get like a five or six guy ladder match i i could i could go along with that if you did that well and that to me the one thing about having it be randy because one i want you know now i want you to tell me why you did that right like right, i don't exactly. understand why yeah. you did it so tell me why yeah but they they certainly throughout the match set up that KO's not over it, right? With Paul right. because he was there waiting outside the chamber door, you know, as exactly. soon as it opened exactly. to go lay yeah. into him. That's so, true. That's true. That was a good little spot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, yeah. Now it's like, well, Randy and and KO don't have a problem with each other. 
but they both have a problem with Logan Paul. They both have a problem with him, and, and like you could even fold the L.A. Knight Styles into that, too. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Styles wants a title again. He feels like L.A. Knight cost him his spot to face Roman. Uh, you know, L.A. Knight going out, like, you know, those five, and you, I mean, you could find one or two other guys if you wanted to. Uh, you know, Sami Zayn, they're kind of doing the story with him of, like, he, he's going after a championship He's losing matches like he, you know, like, you know, something like that, 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 that could make for a really great WrestleMania match if you wanted to go that way. One-on-one matches are good too. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm interested in Logan Paul Orton, but at the same time, like, is there really much on the line? Like uh, nothing. I mean, I don't think Randy Orton's going to win the U S title. Is he doesn't seem like he needs that at this stage of his career. No, unless you're just, trying to get it off Logan Paul. You could. You like could. if he's well, going could. if he's going somewhere else, if he's got a boxing match coming. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean you could do that. I don't know. It's it's uh uh you know, like we talked about a few weeks ago, like they got a lot of, of top guys now and you can only put so many in the title matches. Mm-hmm. And so far at least they've they seem to be resisting the urge to make the world title matches three way, four ways, which yeah. they'd love to do in the past. You know, in order to get as many guys on there as they could, but like it looks like we're headed for one-on-one title matches for both both men's and women's top titles, which I'm good with. I like that for those. Yeah, I I think that if you know if you're trying to get guys on the card and not do the just the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, yeah, yeah. I think a ladder match for that title, yeah, and or trying to come up with something deeper for the IC title. You know, yeah, they, yeah, and I'm wondering what they, where they go with with Gunther, and you know, like maybe Sami Zayn's the guy for him. Yeah, like that may, you know, he's he he's trying to get, you know, he's oh championship moment, and and he did drop the. I, I noticed that a couple weeks ago he dropped the, you know, Triple H last year. You know, said I was like Rocky out there, and they're going to Philly and have him face the the foreign champion. Like, yeah, yeah, I might work. But, you yeah. know, I, I, I could see that being the setup of something. I think it was going to be Lesnar mm-hmm. and, and Gunther, but, I mean, that's not going to happen now. I mean, he's out of the game. Ice. He's so, out of the video uh, game. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I The one that I'm waiting for, which they just, you know, I, I think he's hurt, at least kayfabe hurt, but, you know, Seamus. Seamus, yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right, yeah. He was hurt. I thought it, I heard he was ready to come back. So that yeah. could, that could make sense that, that, you know, like, because he's still missing that, right? That was yeah. the one that, that was the whole thing that he, yeah. you know, McIntyre cost him completing yeah. the triple yeah, crown. Yeah. And the triple threat last year, which was a great match. Mm-hmm. Was maybe, I mean, aside from the two main events, which were great, that was probably the best match of last year's mania was that triple yeah. threat between, you know, with McIntyre and Sheamus and Gunther. So yeah, that, that, I, I'd sign on for that too. Another mm-hmm. another one between the two of them. Well, and I think you could very easily do a Cody at SummerSlam style of like Gunther between for the next six weeks, he just he beats Sammy clean. Yeah. He he beats the Miz clean. He beat yeah, you know, and he just all the guys at that level and and you get Michael Cole and Corey Graves talking about like who is it? Like who could, yeah. who can beat this man? Is it is yeah. it just a you know he'll be the intercontinental champion till he retires? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, intriguing. Then he shows up and 
surprise opponent. Yeah. You know, I you like have that. him go like to the, yeah. you, you just they, have it be going the whole time of like, there will be, you know, Triple H does the, there will be an intercontinental title match. Yes, We're not going to have. Yes, but he doesn't know who it is. Yeah. yeah I like that idea. Well, because like, you remember yeah. when they did that a couple years ago where Finn just wasn't even on the card? Right, right. You know, yes. and, and yeah. he could say like, look, we've had a WrestleMania without an intercontinental title match and it feels wrong. So there will True. be an intercontinental True. title match and I will find True. an opponent. Yeah, yeah. You know. Like, like, so what you're like when Cody came back to face Seth. Yeah, I was like Seth has an opponent, but it, it won't be revealed until the show. Yeah, yeah, I like that idea. That could work. That, and then, and then, if Gunther loses, he could play the aggrieved. Like, you know, if you'd given me a, a you know time to prepare for my opponent, yeah. I would have won. He's. Uh, I deserve yeah. a rematch. Blah blah blah. Well, or you get the you know you owe me now. I yeah. I will be facing Seth Rollins, the world champ, or, Cody or Drew McIntyre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, if Cody beats Roman. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it, well, because the uh, the other thing is you you can have like this is such heel commentator fodder, right? If you do something like yes. that, because you know Graves can just be apoplectic that. You know, this man is the ring general. He studies his opponents. No one is better prepared. And you do this to him. I'm I'm signing on for this idea. I like it. Um, Makes a lot of sense. You know, or you have Pat McAfee do it because, you know, obviously. You could. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Pat will just fight him and win the Intercontinental title at this point. Like, that's. (laughs) I mean, if if Vince was still running the show, there'd probably be a pretty good chance of that. Yeah. Because they love to do that. There's there's less of that. Now, admittedly, they did put the U.S. title on a social media influencer. So I don't want to give Triple H too much credit. But he seems to have a little bit more respect for the uh, the guys who do it night in and night out. And, you know, let's let's get our let's let's make a new wave of stars yeah. rather than just, you know, bring in a celebrity. Yeah. But going back to the night, the the women's chamber match. Very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tiffany Stratton's an emerging star. Boy, they were upset when she got eliminated. Yeah. She they was like her. Yeah. She was good. I, you know, that the moonsault from the top of the chamber was dangerous because it looked like it she like she was short and they caught it. It was. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, but they always do a they always do a high spot like that. They didn't really yeah. do one in the men's. Did they? Yeah. If I'm I mean, am I forgetting? Like nobody really did like a jump off the top big thing no uh, there was know, no co- it was more of there, a struggle there was yeah there was no kofi Dolph yeah, ziggler yeah, type yeah. situation yeah, i thought logan paul would do that but he didn't really have a move like that um but i did yeah, they did that but yeah she she seems like boy i mean she's a heel now but i'm wondering if the crowd continues to is she gonna end up like a seth rollins type face where it's just like the same persona but instead of whining about how unfair everything is she'll just she'll just be a face yeah she'll uh, just be mocking her opponents her. yeah well, and her move set is compelling. You yes, know? yes, yes, and she's got the look. I mean, let's let's yeah. not lie. Like she's she's twenty four. She's you know she's attractive and blonde. Like, yeah, I mean she she fits the profile of a future star. Well, and I I want to be clear. I don't think that this person who I'm about to say is at the end of her career, but she does seem like the the Charlotte Flair yeah. role could become her. I agree. Like I agree. Like you said, where she's just going to tell you she's great and first you'll be annoyed and then she's going to win yes. a lot and you'll be like, you're right. You are great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, she does feel like a, 
like an heir apparent to Charlotte uh, type of thing. Yeah, I think I think she's going to be big, and he wasn't on the card last night, but I think Braun Breaker is the is the male version of that. Uh, like mm-hmm. you can you can see in the two of them that like they're going to be main event people pretty darn soon, and for quite a while unless they screw it up. Yeah. Um, but I thought I thought that was good. You know, live is fun. She, you know, she is. She is. Yeah. And, and she yeah. has she has seamlessly moved back into like heelish. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. You know, at yeah. least in terms yeah, no, of I, with her competitors. I, I, think, I think it was OK. I know people are oh, they should have had her win. And, you know, like we could draw that out a little. But let's, mm-hmm. let's draw out the story if she wants her revenge, because my guess, this is just my guess is that Rhea is going to keep the title over Becky. Becky doesn't need the title right now. Like, you can build it up. It's a big match, you know. But, like, Rhea wins, and, and then we draw out the Liv gets back at Rhea. Maybe maybe that's a SummerSlam, and maybe she does take the title off her. We yeah. don't need to have it all right now, you know. Like, the, not everything has to happen at WrestleMania. It's well, very clear that if Roman's going to lose, it's going to be WrestleMania only now. But, like, the other titles, we, we could do those at – at SummerSlam or, or the Germany show, which is a big deal or the backlash in France, which they're going to make it like, you know, we, we can have those happen there. There there's also, I think a very interesting, you know, lives title on the successful cash in and everyone yeah. loved it. Well, you give it to her again. Maybe she does it again that way, but all of a sudden now it's like, well, can she actually, win the title on her own win and that title that, match yeah and you true. and that's then true. you have a storyline that way of like yeah you know yeah. she's opportunistic which is great like that's great for ladder matches and great for cashing in titles um but can she can she do it straight up yeah but you yeah. know because then you have you know Rhea can come back at her and say you cannot do this unless the person you pin has just had a full match yeah yeah, and yeah. if and if I'm fresh, you can't get you can't away from me. me. Yeah, no, I like that. And then yeah, you get I, a yeah. women's hell in the cell uh, where Liv can't get yeah. away from her. Yeah, uh, no, I like that idea. And again, I think I think we can we could be patient with that one. Uh, you know, like there's so many stories, right? Like most of the champions are heels, and it feels like everyone is set up for like, okay, the face gets the triumphant win at WrestleMania. Well, they're not all going to. Wait, I mean. With Triple H booking, we know that they're going to have some heel champs. That's that's who he is. Mm-hmm. So, like, okay, which ones aren't? I think Rhea's one that, like, I think Rhea keeping the title, and then, then it's more than a year, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, I've beaten everybody. Even Becky Lynch couldn't beat me. Becky mm-hmm. Lynch, who won the WrestleMania main event and is the greatest of all time, blah, blah, blah. She couldn't beat me. No one could beat me. Oh, well, the, the last person who did now gets their chance, and, and they actually beat her. Like, okay, I'm good with that. Yeah. One also, that sort of... We we don't have to hurry it. The other thing with that sort of storyline is no one can beat me, no one can beat me. You know, we all saw Jade Cargill. Right, that's true. She's looming. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So I feel like Rhea winning, like I said, I think Bailey's going to win and get that moment of triumph. I don't think Becky winning makes sense. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think, you know, Rhea winning is the right call there. And you keep drawing it out, and and I, I mean, I know Drew McIntyre apparently still hasn't signed a new contract, mm-hmm. but man, if he has, I think you put the belt on him, right? Oh I yeah, feel like, I, it's, I mean, like it's time. 
I think you're in an interesting point where you could see both men's titles flip and then you still have a face and heel just on the opposite titles. Just opposite ways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hope, I hope, I mean, we haven't talked about it yet, but I, I hope they give Cody the win this year. Yeah. Because if they don't, it's just like another, like uh, pretty much another whole year with Roman as the champ. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's going to lose it anywhere else. I think it kind of has become clear that, I mean, most of the time he didn't even fight at the other pay-per-views the last year. Mm-hmm. He had three title defenses since last WrestleMania. So, like, it's like, and you have a champ who's not on much, and he's not ever going to lose, and like, another whole year, it, it's, I mean, I know the whole finish the story thing is now they're leading into it, but it's it's time. Let's yeah. do that. And if The Rock costs Roman, then you build a year of build-up toward Rock and Roman at WrestleMania 41. Mm-hmm. To me, that that's where I think this is going. That Rock is going to be a heel for six weeks, and then at WrestleMania, he's going to either directly cost Roman or refuse to help Roman cheat, mm-hmm. and then Cody wins. And I think the latter is better if they go that way. Well, then Cody still gets his clean win, but you build a feud with Rock and Roman. Well, and I think what you could have here is a special enforcer is the rock. Yeah. But he takes it seriously and he like, yes. stops solo from interfering. Yes. You know, yes. and he, you just or see like him and solo Roman go out of the outside him to get a chair and hit Cody, and he won't do it. Yeah. You know, like Cody's down and the ref's knocked out and, you know, and, and rock says, Nope, you're on your own. Mm-hmm. And Roman does, you know, or something like that. Like, you know, cause then it makes rock a good guy again, which I think he still wants to be. Yeah. He's, he seems to be having fun with the heel thing for a short time and it's fun, but I think, but his movie you know, rock, career doesn't have him as a heel. Exactly. And I think this whole comeback has been like a way to sort of, you know, resuscitate his movie career, which had a couple of big flops and, and yeah, being a heel long term is probably not what he's looking for. I kind of feel like, so, you know, you, you, you kind of help Cody, not really, you don't want Cody to win in a dirty fashion. No, but you, maybe but, he takes the chair from Roman or he yes. stops Paul Heyman from throwing in the chair. Exactly. You know? Yeah. You help Cody win in clean fashion and then you get a year, you know, Roman can take some time off. Probably rock does too. They do a movie together here and there. <laughs> and then we start building towards rock and Roman at, at 41. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. Because the whole rock thing has been, you know, this is a long game, uh, you know, and and the whole you could you could have it be that I don't think they meant it this way, but that that conversation between Cody and Rock on SmackDown that it was all a setup mm-hmm. that Cody wanted the Rock to infiltrate the bloodline and make Roman think he had an an asset and cost him in the biggest moment. Yeah, like I don't think that's what they intended it, but you could certainly spin it that way. Absolutely. Um, I and I think you know the 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 Waller effect segment was fine enough. Yeah, like, you know, you got yeah. both of them out there. I some I saw this on Twitter. I thought it was an interesting point. Seth had knee surgery and hasn't missed any work. Have you noticed that? Like he's been on That's true. the whole That's time. True. He's, he's just been on every show. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't wrestled for a while, but you're right. He has been on. Yeah. You know. That's a good point. And it was it was a good segment to have them appear in front of the fans because, it, it, you know, for a period of time, it kind of looked like, boy, the Australian show, you know, you're not getting Roman. Seth is hurt. Punk gets hurt. 
you're not getting Cody. It's like, wow, geez, all the big days. So it was, it was a way to get a big crowd pop, have those people get to see those two guys Mm -hmm. and still not put them in a match because it didn't mean Seth, I don't think can fight yet. Didn't really make sense for Cody to have a match there. So, you know, it was was working the best you could basically. Yeah. And then, you know, Rhea going over to close it out. Totally right call. Yeah. You know, give her the big moment let her be the face in that story. And, you know, she was going to get cheered anyway. So yeah, yeah, uh, you know, made, made sense. There was no way she was going to lose, but you know, putting it at the main event slot. I'm, I'm good with that. I like that. Yeah. Well, and it's also a different part of this era is it used to be like you lost at your home. You're right. You yeah, know? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. They were famous for that. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it's, it, it was, it was the right choice. I mean, it, it, the, the most drama was probably in the two chamber matches as far as who was going to win. Yeah. But putting that in the main event was, was good. And, you know, it, I mean, she was going to get a big reaction and she gets to celebrate with her family and all that. I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that choice. Yeah. So I guess the question for mania is, does Travis Kelsey do the official, I'm the most popular tight end uh, gimmick? Probably. Like Kittle and Gronk? Yeah, 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 probably so. Or J- it's in know, Philly. It's, Is it Jason Kelsey? Does he put on that kid's lucha mask again? I could see that. I mean, it's in Philly. He's a he's a legend there. Like I, I could I could definitely see him or both of them making an appearance and being involved in something. Yeah. So that was my that was my last thought on that. I think I think there's a better than fifty percent chance of something like that happening. If I if I was guessing, yeah. So, okay, if you've made it this far, we are now going to go all the way out of sports and sports entertainment to pure entertainment. For us. Um, we're going to talk about the final Jack McCoy episode of Law & Order. Um, Which, if you thought that happened 14 years ago, I mean, it did, but then they resuscitated the show for some reason, and he came back, so we got another farewell for Jack. He was now the... The district attorney, the elected position, head of the right. office, um, and he relieved his lead prosecutor of his case responsibilities mid-case. Yeah, to, a, a little bit of a reach, it felt like. To, to cross-examine the mayor's son and deliver the closing <laughs> argument. I would imagine for you in your job, that, that seemed even more of a reach. It seemed like a reach for me, and I'm not a lawyer. I don't think that happens too often, but, but you know, Hey, it's TV. I mean, it like, he's well known, but like, so I don't live in New York and I do know who the New York district attorney is because of what's happening in the news. But in Milwaukee County, I know the name of our district attorney, but if I was a juror and right before a critical witness all of the prosecutors are gone from the table and the district yeah. attorney is sitting at the table. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah. I don't know who you are. Cause on well, site, I don't know yeah. who you are. Yeah. 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 It, it was, it was a storyline device, much like we just talked about things in wrestling that are, uh, in order to get us that, that one more nostalgic moment of Jack cross examining a witness and, delivering a powerful closing argument. It was a a throwback to the old days of 1996 through 2008, basically. Well, and, you know, the one thing, much like wrestling, 
I am glad for the fan service and I'm glad he got the win. Like, yes, 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 yes. It was, it was predictable that it was going to go out on a good note. Um, I enjoyed the end. I, have you kept watching yes. regularly since it came back? You, you do. Yeah. Okay. I, I haven't, I watched the first season back and we discussed how it wasn't very good. I didn't think this, this was the first one I've watched since. I didn't think this one was much better. Do you think it is? I mean, you watch more, so I'll, I'll, I'll let you have your say. I think that they, unlike the old one, and maybe the old one did try this, but it just didn't, because I didn't watch those live. Yeah. It never felt that way. This one, this new, you know, new run, the last few mm-hmm. seasons, feels like they've been trying hard to be a lot more topical. Yeah. And I don't know that I need that. Like, give me the, give me the Hudson student was killed. Yes. Yes. We have to go talk to this bartender. Uh, I get, I, I do. The one thing I do appreciate is they've added that investigator, woman whose only job is like cyber side, like looking at which obviously didn't exist back when the, when the first show, I mean, in the same form, at least that it, that it did, Uh, you know, to me, trying hard is, is in, is a good way to say it. It just feels like everybody's trying a little too hard. It, It feels like the actors are overacting. Like that's a big thing. Like, I mean, the old show, you watched it and it, it was grounded in realism. There were, certainly stretches uh you know of uh you know the first of all the trials would proceed way too fast they'd always they'd always get close to an answer like exactly you know yeah yeah i mean there there were stretches of of reality but ultimately it kind of felt like you were watching in a way felt like you were watching real people in real situations you Mm -hmm. weren't obviously it's a tv show but like lenny briscoe felt like a real person I felt like a person that would be a New York cop. Yeah. And, and these detectives, they just, they just feel like they're working real hard to like, make it seem like the fate of the world is in their hands as NYPD detectives. And it's like, man, dial it back, dude. I, it, it feels like late seasons ER where like every episode, the fate of Chicago is in the balance, possibly the entire world. And it's like, I, man, it's just not everything is that serious. I, I know it's serious. I know it's a drama. But, like, Lenny had some fun on the show. Lenny and Anita had a dynamic. They would make fun of, you know, they'd rib each. Like, you don't see that on this one at all, it doesn't seem like. No, I mean, this one, I, I'm sure you didn't see it, but the um, the white cop from Veep and I, yes. you know, he, his backstory is he got suspended for defending Eleanor Frutt, Who's that's not her name, oh, but that's yes. you know, okay. I know who you mean. Cameron, but it, Cameron, Cameron Man, whatever. Huh? Yes, yeah. uh, he got suspended for defending her years ago, and now he's uh, like, okay. And, and he had, but he didn't just defend her. He had like some alcohol problems, but he didn't drink on the job. But he's a they. It came out they had to, you know, attack him basically okay. on, on okay, a thing, and that's you. how we okay. learned all this. And it's like. That is great, but the the thing about the old version is you didn't real you learn the backstory, but sort of passively. Like 
A little, you yes, know, just a little bit at a time. You learn yeah. that, um, I'm blanking on his name, but he had the gambling problem. Jesse um, Martin. Jesse uh, Martin. Ed, Ed Green. Ed yeah. Green was the character. Yes, yes. But you, but you yeah. learned about that because it'd be like, what were you doing sending me a page at five in the morning? Right, 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 yes. The little dry, you know, Lenny was divorced multiple times. Yeah. And he had daughters and they didn't get along very well. And, and the one daughter, you know, was ended up dead and the, you know, but it was like, yeah, little, little drips of information that you'd get to know them just a little, but their personal lives never like took over the story either for the most mm-hmm. part. You know, Jamie Ross was divorced from, from the defense attorney and, uh, you know, that would come up here and there. Uh, you know, Abby Carmichael was from Texas and had, you know, very conservative views and they clashed with, with, you know, Adam Schiff and it was like that, that worked, mm-hmm. but it, it didn't overwhelm the show. Sometimes it feels like in this one, they, they overwhelm the show a little bit. Like yeah. it's, a, it's just a little too heavy for me. I, I, not that's... heavy in like a good way. It's, it's a little, it's heavy in like a fake way, I guess is, is the way it comes across to me. Well, and, and I think so to your point and maybe I'm, I feel this way and I feel like it's what you're saying. The show is more three dimensional now, but in a bad way. Yes. Like, yes. Like I liked, it was a police serial and it was not hard TV. Like, and you could drop in anytime. Yeah. You could watch a, I mean, that's the beauty of the reruns. If they're on season nine, boom, drop in. Uh, it's Jack and Abby and it's Ray and Lenny. And then if the next day another network has season four, it's, you know, Ben Stone and Claire Kincaid and it's Lenny and Mike Logan. It's like, okay, I know. I don't need to know where I am. They're solving a crime. They're trying to put somebody in jail. I, that's that's all I need to know. That's kind of what it was. Well, and I And I think, though we might not be the right people for this because probably not the the runaway success has been svu and that is i know super serious and very super based and super yeah you're right yes for sure and and that's why this show's back so you're you're probably right uh very likely that is the case that this is this is more of an svu imitation than it is an imitation of the first law and order um, it's, you know, it's a way to, it's a way to have some nostalgia by saying law and order's back and giving me the opening read that, you know, I've heard 200,000 times in my life about, you know, the, the, the police who investigate the offenders and the, the district attorneys who, you know, like, I love it, love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the show doesn't really feel like it's the same at all. It just feels like a different thing. And, and the writing is I mean, again, I haven't watched a ton, but so many of them, it's like by 15 minutes in, you know who did it. And then it just becomes like, okay, well, and, and sometimes that was the case in the old show. But a lot of times it's like, you know, they thought it was somebody. And then in the middle of the trial, they figure out like, whoa, we, we got the wrong person. Mm-hmm. And it might be this person. And then maybe even some of them we ended with like, we don't know who did it. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they think it's this person, but they got off. And, yeah, maybe it's that person. You know, this one, it was like they settled on on Calvin from waiting and like, we knew he did it by 15 minutes in. Well, and this one, this was the first time I saw them do a proffer where the guy, he just admitted. Yeah, I did it. That was different too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they never did that on the old. And I, yeah, I thought the same thing. Like, whoa, okay. So uh, like, I mean, I guess that happens. I suppose it does. That was very realistic, but just not something the show ever does. It's not TV. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that that threw me a little bit too of like, 
well, okay, so now we know he did it, but but the jury can't know what he said. And now it's all about this son of the mayor. And it, it just, I don't know. It feels like the writing is just not as sharp as it used to be as well. To me. And well, maybe I'm guilty of like romanticizing what used to be. It's very possible. Um, but, you know, like those shows were very well written in the old days. And what I've seen of the new version, it just seems like, seems like they got writers that watched like two or three episodes of the old version and were like, okay, we got it. We'll, we'll, we'll take it from here. Like, well, no, I don't think you got it yet. You're doing an imitation of what we used to see. Exactly. That's kind of how it feels, but very good point about SVU. I hadn't thought about that, that it does feel like a, a, a spinoff of that show in a way. And what that show has become, uh, I mean, I don't watch SVU. I, I, watch some of the very old ones in the past but it is dark and it is very over dramatic um you know uh, the commercial if you see it's like a you know olivia benson is always you know facing some sort of major life crisis in every single episode um and yeah that might be more what this is yeah i mean the topic is dark yeah so i suppose you can't you can't help but veer into that and i mean that Mariska Hargitay has been on it for the entire run of the show, so she becomes the dominant character, and it, you know, all of a sudden, like we we want to know everything about her. Whereas Law and Order never had that. Mm-hmm. Like the cast changed. I mean, the first season completely different cast than what they had by season four, mm-hmm. and most shows would flounder in that, but it but it actually got better. Uh, you know, and that's that's a rarity, I suppose, in TV. You know, you don't you don't usually have that. Yeah, but. A heck of a run for Sam Watterson. For sure, and for Jack sure. McCoy. It was fun. The, yeah. the nostalgia of the end and seeing Jack walk out and look at the court buildings and that that was cool. That was a cool moment. I'm glad I watched the episode. One hundred percent will say it did not convince me to watch next week's. Uh, but I'm glad I watched that one to see the the farewell to Jack McCoy. You don't want to know who the governor appointed? I don't. I'm hoping for a crossover with Billions and it's Paul Giamatti's character. <laughs> <laughs> could be. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know. Have they hired? I mean, I'm sure they do. Have they said who the new one is? At the actor? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they do. I don't, I don't, I don't know because I'm not paying close enough attention. I mean, they would have to because, they, you know, there's a new one next week. They obviously have already filmed it. So I, I mean, suppose they, they have. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm clueless on who it is. I, frankly, my like low level operating watching it, I was like, is he just saying they're going to add, they're just going to make it Hugh Dancy's character? Like someone super ethical and super, they're just going to promote that guy? <sighs> Maybe. I mean, I, uh, yeah, that'd be but, weird, but I, who knows, I guess. Yeah. I'm I don't hoping know. that it's someone know, from the past. New, but I, I haven't heard. I think it's going to be someone from the past who, because they've already said there's an election coming. So this person can True. be on and finish the season you find out they lost the election yeah. and it doesn't yeah matter, you know of course it can't be uh i mean the, the guy who played adam schiff is dead right yeah. Stephen hill so is isn't fred dalton thompson dead he's dead too yeah so it can't be any of them yeah. i guess it could be diane weist she's still alive isn't she it could be diane weist it could be, could be. I, it could i'm thinking more like an ada who hasn't been killed off that could be you know i could see that like maybe it is Abby Carmichael, uh, you know. That'd be awesome. <laughs> like then, uh, I, then I might watch if I found out it was. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, Rizzoli yeah. and Isles is over, so Angie Harmon's it available. Is. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a possibility, I suppose. Although then you'd have to explain that the 
obviously Democratic governor who agrees with Jack McCoy. That's true. Who appointed Abby Carmichael, who is a, a pretty hardcore conservative from Texas. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it'll work itself out. Uh, you know, uh, the Abby Carmichael character in today's world would be an interesting one, wouldn't it? Yeah. They could go different ways with that. The mm-hmm. Republican Party is a different animal than it was back then. And, and like, yeah, like is she a, is she a MAGA? Is she a, uh, a you know, a Republicans against Trump type of thing? We, we, could, yeah. we could have some fun with that character. Mm-hmm. Of course well, we won't. We're probably not going to get it. Yeah, of course we won't her, get it. We probably would have heard about that. So Yeah. Um, well, hey, look, we'll be back next week. Maybe we'll talk about sports. We'll. I think we yeah. probably will. We talked a lot of sports. Yeah. Maybe even more than we thought. I, yeah. I didn't know we talked as much ASU as we did. So, you know, I, I'm giving us a pat on the back. Yeah. Uh, until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.